Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. We are now joined by Mariners broadcaster Gary Hill and the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. One, Gary, how are you? And two, go Cougs. Uh, I will take the latter first. Go Cougs. And I'm doing very well. It's great to talk to both of you. Should we give Curtis a bear down or not? No, let's not. Let's not. I mean, we could. It, our, our beef is done. We beat them kinda, twice. We're, we're just kind of competing for the same thing. Yeah, though, but we're, right? we're hanging you know, out, Bump, though. Bump, that's a great point. Uh, Washington State does own Arizona. That's a good point. We should be. <laughs> yes, we should be. Yes, we should. You're right. You're absolutely right. Wow. I should be the bigger Gary, man here. Gary, you yeah. can't well, Gary, come in. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great having you. <laughs> Gary, I got to live here, man. You can't come in too hot, man. I got to live here. <laughs> uh, hey, man, um, good news. I, I, it's not very often I can say that, so I'm going to take advantage. <laughs> we got some good news, Gary. Uh, looks like Brash is going to be okay. I was uh, preparing myself for the worst. Um, what were your feelings and thoughts when you got the news that uh, he didn't need surgery? Oh, that is wonderful news. As Scott Service said, though, they're not out of the woods yet, so they're still you know, he's got to start throwing again and making the progression back. But you know, in situations like that, uh, you just kind of fear the worst, especially for someone who's so critical to the Mariners' bullpen and simply one of the best relievers in baseball. So he's a big part of what the Mariners want to do, and the fact that the news was. Uh, if he stays on progression, the progression that they put forth, that he would miss just the first few weeks. And that is wonderful news. So, yeah, a big sigh of relief. And it, it, to me, it's what's terrifying about spring training because every team, really, health is a key. But especially in particular for this Mariners team, like you just want to get through this thing and get everyone to opening day 100%. That's all you want. Yeah, especially, God, this time of year, yeah. the first few days of camp, you know, you're seeing like Julio dealing with some soreness in his hand, Luis Arias, you know, shoulder soreness. Uh, getting some good news like this with Matt Brash, I think, has lifted everyone's spirits. Uh, Gary, my question to you is, when should I plan on Cole Young's Mariners Hall of Fame induction? <laughs> Get your tickets is, now. Is that going to happen this season already? <laughs> I think so. It, you know, he's looked great down here, and I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, he is playing in every single game. I think he may lead the Cactus League in plate appearances at this point, but uh, he's looked phenomenal. And we all know the infield situation moving forward. And I know he's 20 years old. So, uh, you know, it's hard to expect him this season to come up and make a contribution. I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he will at some point. But uh, he has looked great. They love him. They love him as a hitter. And I think they're just going to keep rolling him out there in the spring to, to see what happens and give him some experience in big league camp. It's pretty wild to think about uh you know, it wasn't that long ago he graduated from high school. I was thinking about this. With, he hit in the offseason with Andrew McCutcheon. He went home uh, to Pittsburgh, and Andrew McCutcheon, of course, the Pirates legend, and he grew up a huge fan of Andrew McCutcheon. And he's hitting with him and trying to play it cool and not be too much of a fan. But, you know, I was looking closer, and it's like, Cole Young was two when Andrew McCutcheon started pro ball. So <laughs> that... It, 
for those people that remember all of Andrew McCutcheon's career, I'm sorry about that, but it gives you an idea of what we're talking about. He's, he's very young, but so talented, and he's been one of the highlights to watch every single day because he's played just about every single day. Gary, as, uh, as fans and analysts, it's hard for us to be completely satisfied, right? You got moves that happen during the offseason. Oh, what about outfield? Uh, you know, what, what, what about third base? That's been the, the new focus, right? I felt like the Mariners have done a good job kind of filling in the gaps and, and getting the team ready to go. But now the big question is, is third base, man. What are your thoughts on, on third base? Do you like who they have there? Do you expect them to do more? Yeah, so – First part of that, I think the Polanco move was critical, especially when you look at things now, because otherwise you'd be looking at second and third at the same time. Instead, you've got a middle-of-the-order bat to play the infield. And I'm with everyone else. I'm really curious to see how this plays out. And I guess the, the good thing is they have a lot of different options. You know, Rojas played really well for the Mariners last year when he came over from the Diamondbacks, and I think they expect him to be one side of the platoon. Who's the other side at this point? I feel like that's up in the air. Uh, we haven't seen Arias play yet on the field. He, he was the DH yesterday, but we haven't seen him throw yet, so there's some questions there. They picked up Brian Anderson, has had a, a couple of nice years in the majors. He could fit a right-handed platoon. I think that's the one spot. There's two spots for me in terms of the lineup, and that is one of them. That's probably the most glaring. Uh, the other spot is... I think it's critical, and I think Dom Canzone is probably the leader in the clubhouse when you look at the mix of left-handed outfield bats because the way I look at this Mariners team, I look at it as really four outfielders because you're not Mitch Handiger's not going to play, you know, 100 and whatever, 40 games. Whoever that left-handed bat, and again, I think it's going to be Canzone, is going to get a lot of playing time. And so that's the other spot that I'm curious about, see how it plays out. And... You know, Dom Canzone is one of those guys who I think there's there's so many different ways that can go. Like if you told me he hit 25 to 30 home runs this year, I'd say, yeah, I could see that. Or is he going to get sent down at some point during the course of the season? It's like, yeah, that's in the realm of possibilities. There's just there's so much that could happen with him this year. And if he does take a step forward and provide that pop and kind of marry him with Hanniger in the outfield. That would be enormous for this team. It would also take some pressure off of that spot at third base. Like if Ty France bounces back, you know, if you get a bunch of other things in the lineup working, then you can deal with the platoon and it doesn't have to be an all-star position, right? It can just bat them ninth, bat them eighth or whatever, and they can just do their thing. So I think that plays into it too. Gary, a guy who everybody has their eye on in camp is Ty France. Uh, and, I mean, he looks so different just in the videos uh, from Driveline and, you know, here in Peoria. What has he looked like uh, to you in, in games that he's played? Because, I mean, just looking at his swing mechanics from this year compared to last year, I mean, everything's kind of quieted down a little bit. What are you expecting from him this season? Yeah, he looks strikingly different. Uh, there's a couple guys, Canzone is in that bucket too, where you look at him and it's like, wow, they they look a lot different than they do. Canzone was different. Uh, he just he put on more muscle and it shows. But Ty France's body looks completely different. And it's it's interesting to hear him talk about the mechanics of it and baseballs that he can get to. And he said, you know, he's gotten to this level, as he put it, with bad mechanics. And he's been a good major league hitter. So I'm really anxious to see how this plays out. And they need him. 
you know, he's he's not going to start the year, you know, your cleanup hitter or whatever, but he can really help lengthen this lineup. And I'm not this next statement. I'm not putting last year on Ty France because that's not fair. But the Mariners were so close. We we're talking about one game right difference offensively. If Ty France had last year, the year he had before, the year before, like the Mariners make the postseason. It was that close. The margin was that small. And so if Ty can get back to what he was before, it'd be huge for this team. As he said it, he thinks he's got a near, another gear after that. And I would love to see what that looks like, uh, especially in the doubles category. Like, he's not going to hit uh, a ton of home runs, which is fine, but give me 30-plus doubles, 15 to 20 homers, that'd be phenomenal for this team. It'd be huge. Gary, um, we always look at efficiency when it comes to movements, right? When you're swinging the bat, um, I've been using my golf swing as as an example. I look at like Jim Furyk's golf swing; it is ugly, but it but it works, right? Um, have you who who's a player you can think of that had an unconventional swing um, or approach at the plate that just happened to make it work consistently? Julio Franco. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it happens. I will say. I think in this age where velocity is just off the charts, I, I, I think it's harder, like the Batista stance, like the wide open thing. Uh, I think those are harder to pull off these days because you're, you're just, the margin for error has really shrunk and hitting is as hard as it's ever been. So I think you have to be as efficient as possible. Every body's different, though, so that's why you see different kind of swings, but Catching up to 98, 99, 100 consistently, that is super hard to do. And I think you have to be efficient. You have to be at your best to do it. Uh, the beauty of a golf ball is it's not moving 99 miles per hour. So that's the beauty there. Uh, <laughs> Gary, uh, this Mariners pitching staff has got you know all sorts of top-end talent. Uh, in the rotation, one through five, a lot of people are calling it you know the best in baseball. Um, but beyond that one through five, because as we know, it's so rare for a team to, to go through a season without anybody else uh, kind of taking, you know, getting starts. There's uh, not a ton of depth anymore. I mean, Robbie Ray got traded away. Marco Gonzalez got traded away. Heck, even Darren McCacken is no longer uh, a Mariner anymore. Nice. So, yeah, you, you're not going to see him make the <laughs> make the random start, you know, second game of a doubleheader anymore. Uh, so... Where is the depth going to come from this season? Because, I mean, it's kind of like Emerson Hancock and then fill in the blank after that. Okay, I'm glad you brought up the name Emerson Hancock because we were talking to Scott Service back at the facility this morning. Emerson Hancock is taking the start tomorrow, and he is super optimistic about what we are going to see from Emerson Hancock. I've heard some really great things about what's happening with Emerson on the velo side and some of his secondary stuff, so... I'm really anxious to see it as well, but it feels like the impression that I get that uh, he is going to really help this team moving forward in the rotation, which would be great because, as you point out, there's not a lot of obvious names, I think, when you... It's not like before. Going into last year, we were talking about Wu and Miller as kind of that depth when they needed it. As it turned out, they needed it nearly right away, and they ran with it the rest of the season. So... Uh, I'm wondering, I watched Levi Stout throw on a backfield the other day. I'm curious if he works his way into that. You know, he 
was part of the Castillo trade. He was in Cincinnati. Didn't work out there. Now he's back with the Mariners. So I'm curious to see what they do with him. Maybe he's an answer for a start or two along the way. But, you know, it's a really good question. And hopefully it's not something they'll have to deal with in the near term. And it can sort itself out in the minors and a couple of guys step forward because outside of Hancock, really, there's not a lot of obvious, I think, right away you would turn to at the beginning of the season. But I, I will say, too, you know, the Mariners are fortunate that we're talking about the seventh, eighth, ninth guys in the rotation when there's a lot of teams out there talking about four and five. So there, there is that part of it, which is nice. Gary, uh, we're gonna. Sounds like we're gonna see Julio on Saturday. Mm. Um, something I'm looking forward to seeing is just his decision making with that first pitch. Is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing? You know, it's funny. Uh, I just want to see him run around, <laughs> just run around, stay healthy, take some swings. My favorite term in spring is getting your work in. That's that's really all I'm I'm looking to see. I'm not a results guy in spring. Whether you're talking about records. Like, I, honestly, I don't even know the Mariners record right now because it's wins and losses is meaningless down here. And stats, too, it's kind of the same thing. There's so many variables, whether you're talking about weather or pitchers or things like that. So I'm really just looking forward to seeing Julio out there and taking a couple of good swings and going into the clubhouse healthy. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with him. Because with veterans like Julio, you know, if he took 50 spring at-bats, if he went 30 for 50 or 3 for 50 in the spring, once opening day's here, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what happened down here. Like, you want guys feeling good and being confident going into the regular season. But once that first pitch of opening day hits, I mean, none of that matters. So that's really going to be the test, I think. To your point, like, that, that matters in the big picture. But... I don't think we'll get a real taste of it until the regular season. It's crazy. You just called Julio a veteran. It, it happened so quickly. It's like watching my children grow. It's, uh, I know. Isn't amazing. it wild? Yeah, it, yeah it's, it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> a veteran who's younger than <laughs> a lot of guys that are in the minors in double A, triple A, all that thing. It's, it's, watching him is pretty amazing. And I am so anxious to see what this year looks like for him. I laugh when... He talked about his year last year and not being happy with it and struggling. It, it's so funny to attach those things. And it's great. Like, good for him. I love that he has that outlook. But for me, it's kind of outside perspective. For a guy who had a top five MVP season, to be disappointed, I think, is, like, phenomenal. <laughs> because there are so many people in the world that would take his year last year. But it just speaks to the talent, his ability, his drive, and what he can be. Like, his ceiling, I think, is limitless. He's Mariners broadcaster Gary Hill, man. We appreciate your time and enjoy AZ while you can. Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, guys. Bear down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> See, <laughs> cool glove, man. Say what you want about us, okay? Yeah, we turn in our papers late. We might drink a little more than most, but you know what? As long as you're not the purple guys, it's that's, all good. That's the thing, is that with the Cougs in Arizona in a dead heat right now for the Pac 12 title, like. I find it hard because, like, I've I've never really rooted against the Cougs. Mm-hmm. Like, peeling back the curtain, Washington State was actually my second choice in terms of, of college. Like, really? I, yeah. Uh, so I've never had a hate for the Cougs, and but I mean, look, we're we're locked into competition right now, bump. Like, you guys are in the way of <laughs> uh, well, sort of in the way of a Pac-12 title. Like, 
Yeah. So, sorry to sorry to throw daggers your way. It's all good. Here's the thing. It's just this time of year. Y'all going to the tourney regardless. That's true. We need this. <laughs> we I think you guys it. have a, a great shot at getting in. If we that. fall off though, yeah. if we lose the next three games, they're gonna look that at us funny. That would be bad. Yeah, look that would funny. be that would be a giant red flag. Yeah. But uh I don't no, think it's gonna happen. I nah. think you guys have a great shot at winning. Let's get her done. All right, let's get the four down territory. This is Four Down Territory, going inside the game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. All right, Bump, first down to you. What stood out to you on the first day of NFL Combine workouts? First thing that stood out to me was that um, I was doing a work, a home workout while watching these young bulls work out. <laughs> were you doing the three-cone drill as you know, they were doing the three-cone? <laughs> trying to get you ready for lifting. the 40. Yeah, you're doing the vertical. You know, I was doing my, my, like, uh, my end of the workout, and I'm walking on the treadmill at incline i go and these guys are out here just looking jacked it's crazy how fast time flies because i used to be that young guy but who stood out to me you got to start with the linebacker peyton wilson now i've heard of the name he got the uh i believe it's the buckets award for the best linebacker in the country but i don't watch a lot of nc state games curtis i'm sorry so wow. i got to watch this guy ran a 443 his 63 233 pounds and the first thing i thought was this is the future linebacker of the NFL. You have to be able to move. You have to be able to cover. And that's exactly what this young man is. I'm excited to see which team he goes to because he's going to make an impact right away. The second guy, I've been watching him. I've been talking about him. Jeremiah Trotter. Now, he did not run the 40. He's going to wait until his pro day to do that thing. But I'm watching him move. He cut his hair. He's looking nice and swole. The hips look good. The linebackers impressed me, man, because they're getting more and more athletic. The linebackers I used to play with used to wear cowboy collars and couldn't turn left or right they were downhill filling the a b and the c gap the game has changed a little bit and just watching these linebackers move uh was a, a clear reminder of that so yeah man i, I loved uh peyton wilson jeremiah trotter those are my two guys but peyton wilson is legit he's gonna be a baller second down Bob, who are you looking forward to seeing compete today when the dbs take the field on day two so DBs and tight ends are taking the field today. I'll start with the DBs. I got to start with WSU, Jaden Hicks, man. If you don't know who this young man is, he's NFL ready. Um, when I watched him play for WSU, he took great pursuit angles, and he had quick reaction to when that football was in the air. On the other side, Kyrie Jackson, the uh, Oregon DB, a physical type of DB. He has good instincts, and he is a good tackler. Now, when it talks, when we talk about tight ends, uh, Brock Bowers, I've been talking about him, seems like, every day for the past two weeks. I want to see what he looks like and what he does. I want if he's going to sit out on any drills. And then the other kid I'm looking at is Dallin Holker out of Colorado State, man. I believe Terry McBride is the young man's name, was drafted last year or the year before out of Colorado State. He uh, He's a good tight end as well. But this guy, Holker, man, I watched his film. He does a good job of filling the zone and sitting down in the zone. And for a tight end, he has a decent run after the catch. It does not look like Rug Bowers, but he does have a good run after the catch. And then my last guy, um, a safety from the U, James Williams, 6'5", 215 pounds. He is a Cam Chancellor comp. This guy runs east and west. His ball skills aren't the greatest, but he will tackle you. He will run through you. I'm excited to see the uh, the DBs and the Titans get after it today. Third down. Caleb Williams will not participate in the medical examination portion of the combine. Does that concern you? At first it did. At first I'm like, what are you hiding, man? 
Like, just, just let these people know what's going on with you. I looked at his history. He's had a finger issue as of uh, as of late and a hamstring issue. But then, uh, of course, people are reporting on it. And he goes, look, teams I visit will get medical information. Now, this is just another example of the athletes taking back the power. They're saying, look, I'm not going to sit there and get probed and all that stuff for 32 teams to figure out what uh, was wrong with me and what isn't wrong with me. He's probably completely healthy. He's saying it's not necessary. If you really are going to draft me, if you have an opportunity to draft me, go ahead and call me in for that visit and I'll give you all my medical information there. So I'm not mad at it. At first, I thought he was hiding something, but as people start to report on it and ask the right questions, he gives you an insight. Him and Marvin Harrison are saying, I'm the captain now. I run this. You're not going to make me do anything that I don't want to do. It's all about control. I know some old school type of uh, thinkers are going to say they should be grateful to have an opportunity to play in the NFL. Yeah, they should be grateful, but they're also the best at what they do. So there, there's a, a portion of gratitude that needs to be there, but there's also a portion of realize that I could be the next best thing. These guys are already getting paid in college. They're going to get paid in the NFL. NFL teams want them. If they were a guy who was going to be an undrafted free agent or barely sneak into the league, it would be different. But um, you know how this goes. There are levels to what you can do, and I'm not mad at Kayla for that. For them. Bump, what's an NFL rumor you're seeing that you'd love to see come true? And you know I rock I rock with the with the, the Seahawks always, right? Yeah. I'm a football guy. Uh, there's always a, there's always you know, a team that, that I gravitate towards to that the Hawks don't necessarily compete with. And this year is going to be the Houston Texans because now I'm hearing Saquon <laughs> Barkley and CJ oh. Stroud are, are having some conversations. Man, could you imagine Saquon over there with Nico, over there with CJ, over Tank there Dale. with Tank? Yeah. Man, they could be dynamic. The Houston Texans are that new team. I remember about 10, 12 years ago, um, maybe even more than that, when Snohomish was the biggest high school up north mm-hmm. and they split into two and then they created Glacier Peak High School. All the talent went to Glacier Peak High School because <laughs> they had all the new gadgets and stuff. This is what's happening here in the NFL if they do get Saquon Barkley. Everybody's looking at the Houston Texans and saying, man, young head coach, young quarterback over there, defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson. You got weapons on offense. You add Saquon to the mix. Man, it could be dangerous over there in Houston. Yeah, the free agent class of running backs this year, it's all those running backs that were tagged a year ago that all these teams don't want to tag again. So it's like, it's Saquon, it's Derrick Henry, it's Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard is in that group too. Mm -hmm. Like, Pete Carroll is probably just going to be like, dang, I got (laughs) let go the offseason where all these running backs Mm -hmm. are, are free agents. Now, running backs are not ones to get the big money deals anymore. Like, that's just not something that's happened, but like, if you if you're a contending team and you land one of these like workhorse guys as your running back, I saw Derrick Henry potentially, uh, you know, end up with Baltimore. Yeah. Like God, could you imagine the Ravens? You get a healthy J.K. Dobbins back. You've got Gus Edwards, and then you add Derrick Henry to Lamar Jackson. Like that rushing attack becomes just absurd. Now quarterbacks can kind of change the trajectory of a of a franchise, but when you have a baller in the backfield running the ball. I think that helps as well. All right. When we come back, we will visit the timeline. We got a funny Shohei tweet. Also, Roman Dunze tells you something he can't do. And uh, Curtis Rogers continues to spit that knowledge and, and show love to the kooks. That's coming up next here on the Bump and Stacey Show. 
This is The Timeline with Bump and Stacy. Brought to you by 1-800-DUI-OA. This is a timeline on the Bump and Stacy show. Curtis Rogers filling in for Stacy. Let's get right into it. The uh, richest, hottest athlete on the planet is no longer on the market, Curtis. Oh. Shohei Otani has announced that uh, he Congrats, got married, man. man. Congratulations. Is it I bad mean, that I automatically think like prenup when, well, when you're dealing with that much money? I think these two crazy kids are in it for the <laughs> long haul. But it, it wasn't just the fact that he got married like in secret. Like there's no more popular athlete that I think moves in secrecy more than Shohei Otani. Like, nobody knows anything about him off the field other than like this guy lives and breathes baseball. Um, but the description of his wife that he gave the media yesterday was interesting because I don't think anybody's ever seen a picture of her. I don't think anybody's ever seen like, I don't think anybody knows what her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes when things are translated from Japanese to English, it can take on a very literal meaning. But the way Otani described his wife and how it was translated in English went viral yesterday because uh, this is from Juan Toribio who covers the Dodgers. Uh, He's a beat writer for them. Uh, He says this, Shohei Otani said his wife is, quote, a normal Japanese woman. A normal (laughs) Japanese woman. They've known each other for three to four years, which then led to all sorts of memes being like, (laughs) I'd like you to meet my very normal wife. Uh, (laughs) There was one where somebody was, you know, portrayed the scenario of show of this woman introducing Shohei Otani to her parents. Like, Mom, Dad, I'd like <laughs> you to meet my boyfriend. It's Shohei Otani. It's like one of the most well-known athletes in the entire world. Like, let's say years from now, your daughter brings home one hey. of the most well-known athletes hey. in the world. That's got to be very stunning to somebody who is, quote-unquote, you know, normal. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm... <laughs> You marry for love. Don't get right, it twisted. Right. You can you can marry for looks and for money, and you will be miserable if y'all don't click. Okay, but I can imagine her parents could give two you know what's about their relationship <laughs> when Shohei Otani walks through that door, man. But good for Shohei. I, you know, here's the yeah. thing that happens with some athletes. It kind of like it stabilizes you when you know oh, you got yeah. a good woman at home. You start your family. Uh, some of these young cats running around, ripping and running. Uh, it, it can get a bit complicated for them. So <laughs> I am happy for Shohei Otani. Good for you. Let's and move his on. Very it's normal very, wife. very normal wife. Whatever that means. <laughs> very normal wife. What does she wear like uh like north face and stuff and uggs and I, like just, i guess yeah and about the the finer things just yeah just she, she's normal bump normal I, when i i have a picture in my mind of, <laughs> of what she looks i'm like. just, just imagining normal. like northwest normal that's all the reference i have right now it's been a while since i lived in cali so yeah okay good for show hey man good for you <laughs> next up Rome Adunze was asked a viral question of could he land a plane in an emergency situation and he gave a great <laughs> response do you think you can land a plane in case of emergency? Absolutely not. We are going down. All souls have perished. <laughs> hey, he's just being real. Right. Here's the thing. I would like to think that I would give it a great attempt, though. I, I'm going to try. You have to give it a try. You know, I, I, I know this is two, three things I know you got to do. Mm-hmm. Drop the wheels. 
There you go. Slow the heck down and then push the button that whatever makes the, the wings. Wing. You know how the wings oh, kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, find yeah. that button. There's a lot of buttons, though. Yeah. The landing gear. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that all entails, uh, <laughs> but you have to give it a try. But I, I admire his uh, his honesty. I think I'm very much in the boat of Roma Dunze. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think I'd be able to do it. No, not a not nah. a chance. It's stressful. That, that's one of those questions where, like, I think. What men have drastically different answers than women do. Where I think, like ninety nine percent of women are like, no way, I could not do it. And then on the flip side, it's like seventy five or like only ten percent of men are like, I I don't think I could do it. Like just the the audacity, the audacity, of some men to answer being like, yeah, I could totally do it. I don't have any experience flying a plane. Can I tell you something? Huh. I'm that guy. Yeah, nah, I'm 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 landing the plane. <laughs> In my mind, we are landing safely. It's the same question, too. Like, could you fight a bear in the woods and survive? Now, that one, I ain't no chance. No chance. <laughs> I. It could be a, a cub. I would still have no chance. No. I saw a video of two bears fighting the other day. And the, the energy and the force yeah. that was uh, projected is crazy. So, um, good for Rome, man. And again... Interviews like this and questions like that just shows a player's personality. Yeah. And I think that's something that maybe Marvin Harrison missed out on by not uh, doing his media obligations. There was a, a draft prospect yesterday, I think from Texas Tech. I forget who it was, but he said he didn't believe in other planets. I saw that. He said the flat flat Earth um, is, is a real thing. Hey. I, maybe when keeping it real goes wrong. Hey, do what you do. <laughs> do what you do. Next up. You got Yahoo's Ross Dellinger reports that college football will be adding tablets on the sideline and a two-minute warning in addition to helmet communication for the 2024 season. About time. I mean, yeah. why? I don't understand what the big deal is. I coach high school football, and we got tablets on the sideline. Now, we don't have helmet communication, but we have tablets on the sideline. I saw a commercial with Bobby Wagner the other day. He's been playing so long that he was uh, around during the days. I was, too, when they used to print pictures on the sideline of um, of the college coverages or formations that teams were in and now they transition to uh, the Microsoft Surface. I mean, this is uh this is good for football, man. The the more prepared yeah. and the more that teams can react, the better the product is going to be on the field. And you won't see sign stealing to the degree that Michigan was able to pull it off uh with Connor Stallions and uh you, you look at just what uh, college football can be with these changes. I think it's going to make for a, a cleaner product. Now, I do find it interesting, Bump, that last year they stopped stopping the play clock after a first down in order to keep the clock moving, mm-hmm. which was supposed to trim off, you know, a few minutes per game because we're starting to get you know college football games that last four four and a half hours. Like that's kind of ridiculous. But now they're adding a two minute warning which then slows the game back down yeah. to probably the same number of minutes per game that we were at pre uh you know first down stoppage. So that to me was kind of the most confusing one, but I do get it like 2 minute warning is is something that is you know everybody in the NFL does it. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of surprised that the college football doesn't have it. Um and it kind of serves as an extra timeout for your team yeah. in the most crucial portion of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think tablets on the sidelines and helmet communication are just going to be such a a welcome addition to college football. Necessary. Yeah, Very necessary. Absolutely. I don't know why they haven't been doing it anyway. 
Um, and then finally, we got the IRG injury report, which is brought to you by IRG Physical and Hand Therapy. Some great news coming out of Mariners Camp today. Uh, Matt Brash with just medial elbow inflammation and can resume playing catch this coming Tuesday. We were all expecting doomsday Man. in terms of news on that front, but Such great, great to see that it looks like Brash could potentially be with the Mariners at some point this season. I wouldn't expect him to be ready for opening day. It looks like he needs a full spring training uh, to get ramped up. And then Gregory Santos progressing through his throwing program. Mariners GM Justin Hollander didn't elaborate if he'd be ready by opening day, but said reports are positive. And then finally Julio, Cactus League debut tomorrow, uh, dealing with some soreness in that hand. It sounded like the hand soreness was because he was swinging a different bat that had a different uh, style knob on the Mm -hmm. end of it, so... He was just dealing with a little bit of uh, discomfort there, but glad to see 44 back in the lineup tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm going to take the Gary Hill approach. Just want to see him, what do you say, putting in work? What, what was the phrase he used as far as what he looks for in spring training? Just Yeah, just getting his work in. Getting his work in. Get that work <laughs> in, Julio. All right, man, we're going to wrap this thing up when we return. We got what I need to know. Get your questions in now. 866-979-3776. That's coming up next. You're listening to The Bump and Stacy Show on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. Curtis in for Stacy Rost on this Friday. It's time for What I Need to Know. Get your questions in. 866-979-3776. Let's get into it. Uh, what I need to know for Bump and Curtis. If you were to take Stacy on a road trip in eastern Washington, where would you guys take her? I don't know where I'm taking her. Where, to Pullman. Yeah. And I'm getting her lit. <laughs> lit. I want to throw her little, you know what, over my shoulder and carry her out the bar. And like, this is what it means to where be she's like, cool. I just love you all so much. <laughs> she comes to Pullman, baby. Where where are the must where are the must stops? In Pullman to get that full Coug. At uh, at this age, it's yeah. the Coug, which is a, a bar. It's 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 in a brick building. Yeah. It's very tight. It's intimate. Um, my office or the office is what it's called. But if you are young, man, you got to go to Valhalla's. Uh, Shakers used to be a thing, but I think it's closed now. And then you just walk around Greek Row, and you'll find a house party somewhere. Brady, you went to college in, in Ellensburg. You're a Central alum. Yep, that's where Stacy went this week. Did she ask you where where the must where the must stops in Ellensburg? She did not this year, but I remember she did it last year, and she did. What'd you tell her? Well, I mean, it's Ellensburg. Yeah, there's not a whole <laughs> lot in there. Chipotle. I gave her my best recommendations for food, which would have been the pasta company, the porch, and the palace. Isn't a is Campus U Totem? Oh out there? yes, yeah. Campus U Totem burgers are the best burgers I've ever had. No one can <laughs> question that. But I mean, if you want to make sure you get a healthy meal, I would steer away from that a healthy meal in college you guys have spent a lot more time in the eastern portion of the state than i have because i have not crossed the mount i crossed the mountains like one time last year that was over in leavenworth Mm -hmm. leavenworth is a great time by the way yeah i like leavenworth uh it's it's a real nice vibe out there uh but like i think i've only been to spokane in that area like maybe once or twice in my life i'm also taking her to old school spoke compton the big easy was a big club back in the day we used to go to um stacy i would have to track her on gps at all times to make sure we wouldn't lose her 360 says poor stacy would not stand a chance in the basement of valhalla's i mean she would stand a chance but uh, (laughs) um here's the thing 
you're going to take an L eventually yeah. in Pullman. There's going to be nights where <laughs> you've had a little too much. You shouldn't be out. That's just that's how it goes. All right. What I need to know, have you ever had a friend ask you to set them up with somebody? Uh, yes. When, when I first started dating my wife, she had a group of friends that were, that I think are still, still are single. And they would ask me all the time, like, do you, do you have any friends that are single? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'd be like, I, a couple, but then all my single friends ended up, you know, finding girlfriends and wives of their own. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I have not had any luck setting one group of friends up with another. No. Uh, when I first got this job, the couple of single friends I do have, most of my friends are married. Mm-hmm. They asked me to set them up with Stacy. I go, nah, bro. <laughs> I ain't messing up my work relationship. You're a dog. Nah, I will not do that. Don't trust you. <laughs> don't trust you at all. Nope. <laughs> there are those friends yeah. that, like, you love them as friends. You would not trust them. Nah, heck uh, no. In, in a situation nope. like that. Nope. Not if you're going to make I, my I life know, difficult. I know who you are. I synced you. I synced you before. <laughs> I know how you move. Uh, what I need to know, Dad Pod, what is an old person thing that you do that Dr. Rick from Progressive would have had to lecture you about? I think mine is every time I sit down, I go, <laughs> yeah, you just sink in. Mm-hmm. And you're, <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an old person thing that I do. Mine would be if I'm driving and I pass by a golf course that I've never seen before. Like, my wife, Loki, has to take the wheel. I'm like, let me see what these greens look like, the fairway. Then I look it up on the phone. Like, oh, yeah, my boys play golf now. So I'm like, maybe we should go check this thing out. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a golf course. We go on a road trip, and there's a lot of green. I'm assuming there's a golf course near. Uh, what I need to know, uh, Bump, you ever run the 40? If so, what was your fastest time? Here's a funny story. So I didn't get invited to the pro day. I mean, to the NFL Combine. So I just did a pro day. So all these scouts are there, and they're clocking us by hand. And I cross, <laughs> I cross the finish line, and one guy says, 4-2-1. Ain't no way I ran a 4-2-1. And then he confirms that everybody else is around a 4-4. <laughs> so my fastest time was like a 4-4-6. 4-2-1, four, four, <laughs> I think two, one. faster than John Ross yeah, ran. If, if I ran a 4-2-1. You're looking at the Olympic trials. Yeah, yeah I got a yellow jacket on. Yeah. For sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I need to know, uh, have you ever had it? No, that, um, are you doing anything special today to celebrate the extra day we get this year? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I did not no, do anything special. I didn't do nothing. I uh, went home, went to sleep, did exactly the same things that I usually do. Uh, what I need to know. We have a good sense of where the Seattle sports crew lives when they're down in Peoria. But what about the players? What's the living setup and rules like the M's at spring training? Who provides their meals? I have no idea. Curtis, you? I think they all just like live in, in they rent a condo and, uh, get, you know, we have a group of guys living at, at one condo and another. And, you know, all the rich players are living on their own for sure. Right. Most of the rich players probably have a house in, in the Phoenix area that they just stay at in the off season and mm-hmm. also in, in spring training. Um I imagine they're kind of left to their own devices outside of, of you know, being in camp. I, I imagine they get a per diem, too. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, they are – it's not like they're in uh, in bunks or they're <laughs> staying at dorms like the Seahawks used to do over in Cheney uh, for their training camp. Uh, yeah, 
they're they're grown they're grown men so yeah. they can they can take care of themselves how about this one bump uh if you're walking down the street in seattle and see someone famous with their family do you ask for a photo do you say something or you just keep keep it moving and, and maybe just give them a head nod here's the one thing i don't ask for photos from famous people um if kobe was around i'd probably do that that's the only one but i just get the head nod i've seen famous people before and yeah. i just i i acknowledge like i know who you are but i'm gonna let you live your life and, and have a great well, and day. then being with their family i think is a lot different than if you saw them alone yeah if they're with their family i'm not gonna bother them because they're mm-hmm. there for family time like put yourself in their shoes would you want somebody coming up to you to ask to take a selfie with you while you're out you know having dinner with your family yeah like that'd just be kind of awkward um but i would say definitely acknowledge him give him a you yeah. know hey i see you how's it going man? i know who you are I know who you are baller yeah yeah exactly symbols that man it's been uh it's been a good week of a uh, dad podcast well, we have three solid days man you got the uh, the mariners coming up next stacy will be back next week she's going to tell us all about her uh eastern washington extravaganzas man and she's gonna have a lot of great stories for she's us gotta make it back over the past gotta make it over the past curtis it has been real hanging out with you this Fun week, week man we're gonna do it again you guys don't go anywhere coming up next man you got your mariners pregame show they're taking on the rockies don't go anywhere